Well, great to have uh, Sally Lucas with us for Talking Travel. Who, uh, Sally, you'll be doing your best to do it with basically <laughs> one and a half arms today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, one and one and a bit arms. I'm getting there, Mark. It's it's slowly, slowly catchy monkey. Only you have those sort of shoulder surgeries, like any major surgery. Mm, but yeah, a lot of ouch in that. A lot of ouch. But you're smiling away, and so that's good. <laughs> the the, the uh, topics that you'll be covering today are as follows. Are as follows. So a lot of information regarding airlines in travelling with you're choosing to travel economy premium or business some of the differences and some of the things you can look for to help you plan and make that a a better experience and also five i mean there's more than five really but five reasons why you should visit the antarctic if you haven't already and it's on your bucket list i'll sort of try and get you down there all right we'll uh, get into all of that and lots more with our travel guide sally lucas sally lots of changes lots of things happening in uh, up in the skies these days well there is and as we all know with covid of course we were all set into shock you know we couldn't travel we couldn't do lots of things aircraft were grounded etc etc and of course they're still getting back to normal they're still either refurbishing or re ordering new aircraft and so Mm. there's a lot still happening for for the skies airfares are gradually coming down they are cheaper than they they were during covid that's a good thing started and by next year we're hopeful and um that they should be pretty well back to normal but i think the fact that we've got more airlines flying in here will help this was it will accelerate it like with turkish airlines now having direct services to to europe starting this month is excellent um qatar still hasn't been able to increase their services yet but maybe that will happen in the future as well the more competitors we have the more chance we have of the airfares coming down of course we've still got to worry about the middle east and you know the cost of fuel etc is is always going to be a factor which we can't ignore you know um but anyhow let's just hope that the the continue of the trend continues that the airfares will come down so most australians i think know the agony of long haul in economy you know the sore neck the compression socks the lack of leg room the lack of width all, oh, that's just that. getting to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But look, some airlines are now trying to change things as well and trying to sweeten the deal up the back end of the plane. So, for example, Air New Zealand has moved to bring um, flat beds to flat beds, sorry, to long haul economy, even it's for an additional cost. Of course, you can from September you can book at Skynest sleep pods for a four-hour snooze block. So you get everyone. You can book ahead and book mm. this four-hour block of where you can actually hopefully get some sleep. Now that ranges from New Zealand 400 to 600 which will be less than obviously an Australian conversion the way the dollar is at the moment and they can also receive their sky couch which transforms a row of seats into a sofa offering passengers that extra comfort for the entire flight which again would be very handy for a couple with a young child or something like that so that that is something to consider now Qantas um, they had what they call their project sunrise which was of course introducing that new route from Perth to London that long haul etc and they're going to have a new fleet of A350s that will fly actually from the east coast as well now to Europe and America from 2025. And they're going to feature what they call footnets in economy. So you'll be able to have your feet elevated and, and rested, which, of course, is so good for stopping DVT and, mm. you know, all that sort of compression, etc. Though I still think it's wise to wear compression anyway when you fly long haul, if you're not stopping particularly. Uh, definitely worth it. Um, Japan Airlines, Emirates and All Nippon, they also offer the most legroom in economy class and also a better seat pitch. So this might help taller passengers to do a bit of research or get their travel agents to do a research you know what I mean, to offer which airline is going to offer them the best sort of leg room or seat 
uh, width if you need it as well. So particularly if you're flying long haul routes and if you are allowed to pay, like some of them have these economy extras that we can pay a little bit extra to get that extra leg room, it's certainly worth it or even try and get the exit row seats as well as something else you can consider. So they're just all things you can think of that will help. Um, also, as far as Cathay Pacific is concerned, it got top billing actually for its entertainment system and selections in economy class. Um, they've got an 11.6 centimetre HD touchscreen um, and also a good library of Asian and Western movies and also Bluetooth connections so you can bring along your own headset as well. So look, everyone's trying to make economy class a little bit better. Is it going to be a delight? Unlikely ever, but at least they're going some some way to try and you know make it a bit better for everybody as well. I don't know, just just remove a few rows and give everybody a bit more room. That's a, can we just do that already? I know, and then they they want profit, don't they? Well, I, I hear I hear you, I really do, but I yeah, mean you know yeah. sardines, you know that's no fun. And also consider the same when you're thinking of business class. Like there are other airlines that will offer you. They mightn't be completely fully flat beds, but it's still going to be a much better option than than just sitting if if you can afford to do that. Um, a lot of the Asian carriers are doing that, like Air Asia and Air Asia X, um, Vietjet, who is a Vietnamese airline now that has got daily flights out of Melbourne as well, and that's often worth considering. Like buy a quick ticket from Newcastle to Melbourne, says you're going to. Get, mm-hmm. to sit, get yourself to Sydney and fly out of Melbourne. Like, it's no, it's no drama. Um, and sometimes you can do the same out of Brisbane. So just, just think outside the box occasionally. It doesn't always have to be out of Sydney. You might be getting a better deal out of somewhere else because some of these airlines haven't all got their routes out of Sydney or they could be out of Brisbane or Melbourne as the alternative. And they offer, sometimes it can be a couple of thousand dollars cheaper. That makes a difference. To look at that yeah. if you really feel you need that business class offer. So do keep that in mind. Even, even Scoot, who is a subsidiary of Singapore Airlines, it doesn't offer, you know, the same business class as it does at Singapore Airlines, but you're getting extra baggage. And look, Changi Airport's it's renowned as the best airport in the world. If you've got to have a transit stop to connect flights, it's a city within a city within a city. True. And you can book a, a day hotel or you can book a day bed or whatever. And also consider the route where it might be more halfway than Singapore's only a bit over eight hours. So you've still got to Europe maybe another 13, 14 hours to go. Whereas... When we went via Seoul last year, it's nearly halfway. Yeah, so not quite as bad. You're getting a decent yeah. chunk of it done. Or go via Mauritius. You know, think of the outside the square again. Go via somewhere mm. else to get to where you, other than just the, the regular routes, mm. if you like. And there often are better airfares because there are lesser known airlines and they often have better deals available. It's worth shopping around. Um, talk to your travel agent. The search engines that we have are incredible. We can look up all airlines on any day in one click of a button to a destination so it saves you doing a lot of that running around and we can access obviously the best airfare possible for you on any day so use your travel agent i mean that's that's what they're there for to assist you through these minefields and they are minefields these days sometimes i can tell you very much sounds like that all right a few different options there and uh, different ways to slice that cake yes Uh, a little bit more of talking travel on the way heading south in the next couple of minutes (laughs) sally taking us to antarctica with five big reasons why to give it a give it a crack but to a new rfm sally while we've had plenty of heat around (laughs) uh you're suggesting that for those who like things a little cool, Antarctica might be the place to go. Absolutely. It's still one of my most favourite places You're very excited I've about the segment, to. aren't you? Very I know, because I did love it so much, and my husband always talks about going back, but when we went, we had what I would call perfect 
weather conditions. How likely are you to get that the second time around? Well, well, you're trying to sell it here and then you just you've come up with a negative straight away. So well done. No, but it's only for a second time. I'm, yeah. The first time, you it's know. It's amazing. But it's amazing. I just said, because we just had just such beautiful weather. Anyway, five reasons to visit Antarctica. There's many more than five, but I'm just going to give you five anyway. To me, it's the ultimate travel goal. Like It's it's the end of the earth land. It's, it's the windiest, driest, coldest continent on the planet. It's got a massive 2,000 kilometre mountain range across it. It's got hidden lakes and volcanoes, including Mount Erebus, and there is another one whose name I forget. But the thing is, too, these days we don't like travelling, or most of us don't since COVID, in big crowds or having to do with lots of people. So here you go. You're going somewhere to a continent where there no one lives. It's a start. It's a big start, so isn't it? That's a big start. Ding. So, <laughs> ping. So, now, and also tourism is strongly regulated, so you won't be, even though, you know, more ships go down there than when I went 20 years ago, you're never going to virtually hardly ever see another ship. They've got the itineraries planned that mm. you'll feel that you're still the only vessel down there. So it won't be like uh, on a bad day or 15 coal ships off of the harbour or something where you can just see them. We just just you there. Or a bad day in Barcelona when all the cruise ships arrive and everyone's there trying to see Sagrada Familia oh, and you can't imagine move. Imagine that, yeah. Right. Everybody in the one spot. Everyone in the one spot. So that's not going to happen. So just remember that. If that's important to you, that's fantastic. And of course the wildlife. It's a true sanctuary for wildlife. It's um, obviously home to a diversity of marine mammals and birds that have come ashore to breed. Um, you've got the Weddell seal, which is gorgeous, the minke whale, humpback whales, sea leopards, subantarctic fur seals. And in, of course, you've got king penguins, gentoos, southern rockhoppers, chin straps, albatrosses, petrels. Oh, the bird life is amazing. The one thing you've got to remember, too, there's no polar bears in Antarctica and no <laughs> penguins in the Arctic. OK, you got that straight? Yep, so it's safer. Penguins are only down south. OK. Um, and, of course, the scenery is just... You, you can't describe it. It's very hard to put a picture into words with a place like this. Um, the icebergs are all different colours. No one iceberg is the same. In different shades, they, they're mainly blue. They come through as blue, um, not, not so much white, but they you know, some whitish, but they're blue. Incredible ice flows, you know, as I said, incredible mountain ranges. Thousand-year-old glaciers, like we're in Paradise Bay on Christmas Day with 13 glaciers spilling down into the bay. What a spectacular sight. It was just unbelievable. The vastness of the area, you know, the quietness, you know, the, the night sky, like you've, the sun sets and the moon comes up within an hour, like you, you've got nearly 24 hours of daylight. Mm. But you still see this wonderful night sky as well. And of course, for an hour. Yeah, for an hour. <laughs> but you're sort of following, you know, in the footsteps of some of our greatest explorers as well, who, you know, uh, James Cook actually did venture down that way in 1773. But lots of people followed in their droves, didn't they? There was the French guy, Captain Charcot. There was Sir Ernest Shackleton, Roald Amundsen, you know, various. And the, since then, even more have gone down. Now, we, when I said no one lives there, we do have uh, people on bases, of course, who are there at 
only in certain times of the year. They're not there permanently, of course, because in winter, you know, it's just really extreme. Um, but <clears throat> you've got former whaling stations, scientific bases there, um, which are virtual open-air museums, and that horrible, of course, the ravages of seal and whale hunting that took place at the beginning of the 20th century. Port Lockroy is beautiful. It's got this scientific station there, station there, and it's also got a post office where you can send someone, your loved one, a postcard with the Antarctic stamp on it. Well, you'd beat the you'd beat the postcard home, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. I can't remember yeah. how long it took our postcard <laughs> to come home. I think I posted it to myself from memory. <laughs> did it come home? It's still... <laughs> it did get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really funny. So, and of course, the scientific stations are really important because of research that they need to do because it's such you know an isolated and harsh climate. Um, and as I said before, there are hidden lakes beneath the ice, thick glacial ice, and huge mountains and volcanic activity. And of course, it's abundant in natural resources because most of the planet's fresh water actually sits in Antarctica's ice. And we've got all this happening now, of course, as you know, with ice melting, particularly in the North Pole. You know, the the ice melting there has become you know, quite worrying with the lack of it for the polar bears to survive. Um, you know, so we've got to really start thinking about what, well, not start thinking, we should have started thinking years ago, of course, about climate change and what we need to do to protect these wonderful creatures and their environments. So I think everyone now who organises their ships or their travel to these are, are designing the ships that are more friendly in a way that they anchor, they hover anchor, they're not, you know, going down onto the floor, they've got different systems in place as far as their, their waste and all that sort of stuff that is keeping these areas pristine. So at least we know now those areas are being certainly better looked after than they were initially, I think. Good times and great music at 2 and URFM 103.7. We're wrapping things up with Sally Lucas, our travel guide for Talking Travel. And Sally, even though you're down to one and one third of a wing <laughs> there, that's what I'm going to give you, okay. um, you've still uh, been able to uh, canvas the world and find some hot deals this week. I have, Mark, I have. Now, the Northern Lights, of course, that's another one on a lot of people's bucket lists as well as Antarctica is to see that wonderful solar maximum that comes midway through the sun cycle and brings you this incredible solar activity and breathtaking auroral displays. Now, scientists anticipate that the 2024-25 solar maximum is to deliver the most frequent and impressive northern lights in over a decade. So if you want to not miss out on this opportunity, um, this won't occur for an another 11 years. So keep that in mind. Save on a variety of voyages if you like chasing those wonderful northern lights. If you make a deposit by the 31st of March on that wonderful Hurtigruten line that just hugs the Norwegian coastline right up to the tip, it's just brilliant. Um, and their season runs technically from... 26 September to March 31, but really you're more likely to see the Northern Lights probably around the December, January, February period. I do love that. Always love when you mention that particular company. Yeah. I think it's a cool name. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about them other than the fact that you mentioned their deals sometimes. Uh, Hertie Gruten. Hertie Gruten. Yes. It's a lovely name, isn't it? <laughs> and also what they do, if you don't experience the Northern Lights during a trip and on their six-day southbound or seven-day <coughs> pardon me, northbound Coastal Express Classic, you get another voyage free of charge. Oh, there you go. So isn't that a plus?
encourage you to go. And you get to, and we get to tell all your family and friends when you come back. What'd you, well, we went with Hurdy Gruden. That's a lovely name. <laughs> it is a lovely name. Um, South America for 2024. There are still some good deals there at the moment. The Best of South America, an 18-day fabulous itinerary which runs from May to September this year. It's staying in luxury stays throughout. Luxury dining, including 28 meals, and you're getting all your private tours, etc., included. Tango demonstrations. You're even going up into Iguazu Falls a Peruvian horse show in Lima at a private hacienda. Look, it just sounds fantastic. There's a saving of up to $3,000 per $3,000, sorry, per couple on that. There's also a 29-day Best of South America that's also doing the Amazon and a Galapagos cruise. And again, that's a, probably another bucket list item for a lot of people, which I'm doing this year. Can I just slide that in there? Um, just making us jealous that you're off yeah. on one of those. That's oh, fine. I'm gonna see. No I can't problem. wait, can't wait. David Attenborough's Galapagos. Wow. Um, so that's got a saving of up to $4,000 per couple. And there's one without the um, Galapagos, if you haven't got time to do that, that's just doing the basic itinerary, which is 22 days, and they've got a savings of up to $3,000 per couple. Now, the South Island of New Zealand is a spectacular part of New Zealand, I think. It, to me, I, I love the South Island. It's my favourite of the two. Um, and there's a lovely one doing what they call the top of the South Island. And it's got some of the most picturesque coastal scenes you'll ever come across. Queen Charlotte Sound is just stunning. You've got beaches, you've got world farmers, world famous wines, local seafood, um, you know, whether you're a first timer or whether you're someone wanting to go back. Um, you do Acarole, which is the French village that was settled just um, on the coast, not far from Christchurch. You're doing lovely nature cruise there, Queen Charlotte cruise, a transalpine rail journey from Christchurch to Moana, an Abel Tasman National Park cruise, and you're going across all the way to Hokitika on the west coast and also to Marlborough in the Sounds, which is stunning. It's a lovely itinerary if you're interested in doing that with Grand Pacific Tours and that's operating um, small group touring which is lovely. They've got uh, just for 20 travellers in what they call a VIP coach. It's four and a half star accommodation and there's special departures on that from November through to March next year and they've got savings of up to $600 per couple and also there's another itinerary doing the same thing but it's about $1,000 less because they call it premium economy comfort so you're on a full size coach rather than four and a half star it's four star but it's exactly the same itinerary so you're saving yourself a thousand dollars plus again the extra 600 per couple saving if you book early um, also uh, Trafalgar Insight and Cost Saver Tours have extended their Europe sale for this year. If you just still haven't quite made your mind to go to Europe this year, they've extended the sale to the 28th of March with 15 to 20% off a selection of their tours in a lot of destinations within Europe, from Italy, Croatia, France, etc., Britain and Ireland as well, um, country roads, lovely sales there if you want to do that and that's a 15 to 20% off a range of their itineraries booked by 28 March and also they've got 15% off Australia and New Zealand with AAT, AAT King sorry, and inspiring journeys on select tours for this year also with 15% off if you book by 28 March so there's still bargains to be had out there and also even Antarctica there's one I just skimmed across today I haven't got the full details but it's with Chimu Adventures, it was for the end of this year from memory and it was from under $14,000 including your cruise of Antarctica as well as including a couple of nights hotel accommodation in that as well. So lots out there, even the Douro River 
Viking River Cruises. They've got some fabulous ones going around Japan, which is the flavour of the month at the moment. Or it's been the flavour of many months, Japan. Everyone's just wanting to go to Japan. Yeah, it be either has or has just come back to, from. Or, yeah. yeah, so um, there's still lots of good uh, available, you know, cruises and land arrangements mm. there for this year that are still available. Limited, of course, because it is so popular, as you can understand, Mark, they do book out early. But yeah, look, there's still lots out there. All right, that's uh, we've covered a lot, Sally. It's always uh, a pleasure being back with you, and Thank you. uh, you'll be back with us next week. I will for another talking travel on Two NURFM one hundred three point seven. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at two NURFM dot com. <laughs>